How many of you guys ever got like a terrible gift? Like just the worst gift ever? Yeah, I've gotten bad gifts in my life. But I think they all pale in comparison to these, although some of you are demented and you might like some of these. But uh, here's our first one. I looked on Google some of the worst gifts. Hander pants. Underpants for your hands. There you go. So I know some of you guys are going to show up next week with some of those, Stephen Tomlinson. Uh, I know that's happening. No doubt about that. All right, next, we have the pet petter. It says on the box, never touch your pets again, right? Uh, it says up to 85 ppm, which means pets per minute. So there you have it, all right? That's a pretty good one. All right, the next one is nothing. You ever gotten nothing? Has anyone ever gotten nothing? It's just a package. There's nothing in it. So I hate to think about the fact that someone spent like $9 on that for someone, you know? Um, next one, sleeping bag with legs. How legit is that? That is so legit, isn't it? I love that. Apparently you had to speak in Chinese to wear those. Um, all right, next one we got privacy hoodie. How legit? Right? You guys want to just, you know, chill out, kind of make sure you're by yourself when you're not by yourself at all. All right, this is brilliant. You ready? The Subway nap stand. Look at that. Right? So someone will steal it from you and then turn it into a weapon and use it on you, I would think. Um, Then we got the boyfriend pillow. This is a nice one. There it is. Aww. To snuggle with you because no one else will. There it is. All right? All right. And this last one is super disturbing. This is a toilet paper hat. And, um... I'm just glad it's not attached elsewhere. You know what I mean? I'm glad she's wearing it on her head as a hat. That's, that's good. But it's sad to think that these people wanted gifts and got gifts like these, you know? Um, I think that sometimes we feel the same way about when we make requests of God. Like we ask God to do something. We ask him to do a miracle. We ask him to show up in our life. And then it seems like he gives us a bad gift or maybe we get like the third one there. We get nothing, Right? We ask God to do something great, and it seems like the opposite happens. We ask God to show up in our life, and we get basically nothing in return. And I think when that happens in our lives, I don't know if you're like me, but what happens to me is that makes me, oh, that was really scary. That, that makes me want to almost stop asking God for things, right? You ever felt that? You ever been there where you just like, God, I prayed that this would happen, and instead that happened, or I prayed this would happen, and absolutely nothing happened, and so really kind of made me not want to ask you for anything more. I think it's really important that we talk about this because I think this is something that can be true of every single one of us. And I just want to ask you a question. When was the last time that you asked God to do the absolute impossible in your life? Like, just think about it. Like, the last time you asked God for something that you knew only he could do and you really believed that God could come through. You know, just think about that. I know for me, like, there's times in my life where sometimes I do that a lot, and then there's times where it's a long time where I just kind of struggle in that area, just because I haven't seen maybe as, as recently as I want or as frequently as I want the answers come through. And I think one of, the, you know, one of the reasons that we stop praying is because sometimes when we're praying or asking God to show up in so many ways, it feels like we meet like different types of resistance, like different types of things happen, and it kind of holds us back from getting what we want and getting what we want from God. And so I just explained some of you guys, I think, some of the ways we meet resistance. Um, one of them is when God just straight up says no. You know, like you ask God for physical healing, and God said no. You ask God to restore a relationship, and God said no. You ask God to help you get out of some kind of a sin struggle, and you felt like God said no. Or you ask God to help you with like a depression or an emotional thing, and it felt like God said no. Right? And sometimes when that happens, it really messes with us and it keeps us from asking God in the future to show up and to do something great. I love what Andrew said. You guys probably remember as he talked sometimes, he said a while back that um, he's so thankful as he looks back on his life that God has said no sometimes, you know? 
And that happens. Like you think about a year or two ago, the things you were praying for. And then like a year or two later, you're like, wow, thank you, God, for not answering that prayer. Let me tell you what I'm doing tomorrow morning. This is going to excite you all. Tomorrow morning, I am playing softball in the SCS alumni game. I know it's very exciting. And so here's the thing, right? I just want to tell you, I haven't seen some of the people that may be there in like 18 years, all right? Because I graduated that long ago. I'm really old, okay? And you know what? The truth is, I just want to let you know, when you're my age, okay? So fast forward a while. When you're my age, here's what happens at alumni events like this. I'm just telling you right now. You, you just praise God the whole time that he said no, okay? Because here's what happens. You see that girl you liked in the eighth grade, and you prayed that she'd like you back. You see that girl you liked in the 10th grade, and you prayed she'd like you back, and she's the one, and I know she's the one, and we're going to go change the world. And, and, and then you see her, and you're like, was she that ugly in the eighth grade? <laughs> Like, dang, like maybe she's a transformer, you know? I mean, she went from one to the other. That's right, because people are going to be doing it about me, too. There's no doubt. Like, Doug is so bald. Oh, my gosh, right? There's such a glare off his head. I heard Santa helped, asked him to help guide the sleigh, you know? I mean, like, dang, that is really, really rough. So I totally get that people will be doing that for me, too. That's, that's all right, okay? But here's what I'm saying, guys, is that there's so many times God says no. And here's what I want you guys to catch. And this isn't the main point, but it's really important, okay? The truth is is that God will say no to what's bad for us every single time we ask him. Because he's loving and he's good. And so here's what I want to get across as we kind of lead up to the main points of the message here, is that when we ask God to do something and he says no, so often we run from him because of that, when really, I know it's hard in the moment because we don't get it, but really that should actually make us more go to him because he's protecting us from things that would hurt us. I mean, I do this for my kids all the time. You know, there are things they want, there are things they want to do, and I say no. And you know what? They have the same response you and I sometimes have toward God. They, they kind of, they get mad at me, they run from me. Maybe in a few years they'll look back and go, oh wow, Dad was just trying to protect me. And so when God says no, don't let it make you jaded. Don't let it feel like resistance. I know it feels like it, but don't let that turn you off to praying more and seeking God more and looking to the miracle maker more because the truth is, is that when God says no, it's always, always, always for your good. And you'll see that one day, you'll get it. And I think you could already do it. A lot of you guys have been Christians long enough to be able to look back on your life and think about things you prayed for and begin to see, not all of them maybe, but begin to see a few of the areas in your life where you're like, thank you God for saying no, because that would have been a total mess. And so sometimes the no's kind of wear us down. Sometimes the journey wears us down. We just feel like, man, I've just been sick for so long, or someone I love has been sick for so long, or um, the relationship's broken for so long, or the emotional struggle, the depression's been there for so long, or man, my family's just in financial stress all the time, or whatever it might be, the sin struggle. God just seems to not be saying yes, and it just seems like this journey's really long. So sometimes the journey just wears us down. And sometimes another answer is things just sometimes just get worse, right? You ever prayed that God would do one thing, and not only did he not do it, but things actually got worse? So sometimes we meet these different types of resistance. And, and the resistance can really wear us down and keep us from the miracle maker. But here's the thing. When you and I, because of the resistance we might feel, sometimes give up on approaching God to show up in our lives, then I'll tell you what, we're going to miss out on things he does want to do. Let's just say I made like two categories, okay? On this side are the things that are God's will, the things he will say yes to. You know, the things in my life that when I pray, if I approach God, he'd say yes to like this entire side of the room, okay? And then over here, I have all the things he'll say no to, okay? If I pray and God says no, and that makes me give up, guess what? I miss out on all these, right? I miss out on all the yeses that God had for me. And all the no's are just there to protect me and keep me anyway. They're for my good. They're for your good. 
And so I don't want you guys to miss out on a room full of yeses that God wants to give you guys because there's some resistance in our lives sometimes when we pray. And so we're going to look tonight and kind of see what we can learn from a few guys who met some resistance too. And I hope that it really helps and encourages you guys as we talk about this stuff. You know, if you're not a follower of Jesus tonight, um, I get like your skepticism if you're here tonight and you're like, I don't know about all this stuff. Or maybe you're a Christian. You're like, man, I just don't know that God does miracles anymore. I mean, you know, I don't know that he still shows up and heals people and like rescues people from depression and puts marriages back together and all that stuff. I don't know that he does that stuff. And I get that skepticism and I get that and I understand that. And I hope that what we read together tonight and then what I share later, I'm going to share a few stories of things we've actually seen God do here in this place that I just hope encourage you. All right, and I hope you, hope you feel a little bit stretched and, and like you're open to maybe God doing some things in your life because that's when everything changes. When God begins to do this stuff in your life, that's when everything you know kind of comes alive. So we're gonna look at some guys who overcame some resistance tonight and maybe some of you guys know this story, but it's in Luke chapter five. You guys can look on the screens. Verse 17 says this. When di- one day when Jesus was teaching, uh, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Okay, so here's the scene. Got a a house full of people, crazy crowds to see Jesus like everywhere he went. And you have these guys, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who are like the religious and the legal guys and like they were smart and the politics and all this stuff, right? And they were there to kind of basically discredit Jesus, all right? And it says that they came from places that were kind of far. We know from uh, Mark, he tells us that this all happened in a place called Capernaum, okay? That was the name of the city, right? And so in Capernaum, this is what's going on. All these people gather there to see Jesus. And it says here that the power of the Lord was there to heal the sick, right? And so here are these guys. And what we know is these other guys show up, right? They have their buddy on a mat. And what we know is, is that the Pharisees and teachers of the law came from all these different places. And some of them were really far away, right? Some of them were a day's journey. Some of them were like a week's journey. And so we're not sure where the dudes with the four mat, with, yeah, they had four mats. We're not sure where the four dudes with the mat came from. But we know that, I don't know if you ever tried this, but to carry a guy from one place to another on a mat, you ever try that? Probably not. Like, why would I do that in life, right? But, but I just carry people on mats all the time, yeah? But, but it, it's probably challenging, you know? And so these four guys, whether they came from a week's journey, a day's journey, or they were just from across the city, who knows? But they had some type of a journey they had to make. And, and you know what? I would guess that after a while, carrying a guy on a mat, even though there's three other guys doing it with you, they, they probably got a little bit tired. There's probably some, some stress on the journey. It probably wasn't the most fun thing they'd ever done in their life. And maybe the journey was kind of wearing them down. Well, that's just kind of the first part, right? Then look what happens. They get there to lay him down before Jesus, verse 19. When they could not find a way to do this because... Of the crowd. They couldn't get in. And so they're on this long journey. And probably on the journey, they're talking about all that God's gonna do. Right? They're probably going, Man, did you hear about this Jesus guy? Everybody's saying he's a miracle maker. Everybody's saying that, man, he could heal anybody, he could do anything. And probably the guy on the mat's getting all excited because he's been paralyzed, and the friends are getting excited, and they're just anticipating what's Jesus gonna do? Is he gonna snap his fingers? He's gonna heal? Is he gonna put some, some, some kind of spell on him? Is he gonna, you know, what, clap his hands, blink his eyes? What's he gonna do? I don't know. What's he gonna do? And so they're on their way. And then they get there and they get to the crowd around the house and they realize something. They realize, we're not getting in. There's no way to go see Jesus. And you know what? As soon as they show up at the house, you know what it feels like to them? It feels like a no. It feels like the answer is no. We're coming to get healed. Can this guy heal us? feels instantly like the answer is no because we can't even get to see him. 
things just got worse, right? Things were bad, the poor guy's paralyzed and they just took a long journey and they're probably tired and, and things just got worse because it doesn't even look like it's gonna pay off. And you know what? I think you and I know what that's like because we're walking along our journey. Somebody we care for is suffering. We're struggling with our own sin issue. And it just feels like God's not showing up and it feels like the answer is no. It feels like things are getting worse. It feels like the journey is just too long and we were expecting God to finally come through and maybe he hasn't yet. So what do these guys do? I wonder if any of them got angry. I wonder if any of them just wanted to give up. But one of them was crazy enough. I don't know if it was one of them or all of them or who it was, but one of them was crazy enough to come up with this next idea. Look what it says. They went up on the roof. So here they are, knowing they can't get to Jesus, knowing they're stuck outside, knowing they just hit this big wall of resistance. And it says that they went up on the roof. I don't know if it was the guy on the mats idea. I don't know if it was the guys that carried him, their idea. But somebody said, you know what? Let's not let this resistance keep us from Jesus. Let's not let this resistance keep us from the miracle maker. So they go up on the roof. Look at this. And lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. You just got to picture this. I mean, imagine Jesus standing on a stage like this. I mean, this was a house. But imagine he's standing here preaching and all of a sudden ceiling tiles start hitting him on the head. Right? Because that's what was going on here. And so he's preaching and teaching and all of a sudden a guy is being lowered down through the ceiling. Right in front of him. And as he comes down, Jesus has this amazing amazing understanding of what's going on here. Look what he says in verse 20. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Okay, now there's three miracles we're gonna see in this story, okay? And the first one is right there in the verse. Your sins are forgiven. What I need you guys to know, and I hope this will help some of you guys, is that even if your body stayed sick for the rest of your life, if your parents never got back together, if your Um, emotions never quite got where you wanted them to be, if your friendship that you're praying for never got back together and wasn't healed, if any of those things never happened but your sins have been forgiven, that's the one that counts, right? I mean, it's great to be healed, it's great to do, and God does those things. Hear me, okay, we're gonna get there. But the most important words you will ever hear, the most amazing miracle ever is, hey, guess what? You don't deserve God, you don't deserve his love, you deserve an eternity apart from him, but Your sins are forgiven and you get to be with Jesus forever and he loves you and he pursued you and he came for you when you didn't deserve it. And so that's the first and the biggest and the greatest miracle of them all. So if you're here tonight and your sins are forgiven, then you've encountered the miracle maker. If God's made a difference in your life, then man, something big has happened. The funny thing about this story is that nobody was expecting him to say, your sins are forgiven. They were expecting him to say, get up and walk, right? And so look what happens here. Verse 21. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And so look at that where it says they're thinking to themselves. You see that? See that in the verse? It says that they were thinking this to themselves. It doesn't say they were saying it out loud. They weren't talking about it. They weren't debating. It says they were thinking this to themselves. And look at the next part. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Second miracle. Miracle maker standing there. He just knows. He reads their mind. Knows exactly what they're saying. You gotta be careful around Jesus, right? You'll get in trouble, right? I have a friend who has admitted to me that when he looks at people and he's having a conversation with them, that he notices all the defects on their face. 
Like, that's what he's thinking about, you know? So I only talk to the guy on the phone, you know? <laughs> hey, just call him, bro, you know, because I don't want to talk to the guy, you know? And so he's, he's just, watch, you couldn't get away with that with Jesus, right? Jesus would be like, I need a tan, what? You know, I mean, he would know. He'd like know exactly what you're thinking, all right? And so here, Jesus knows what they're thinking, and he answers their thoughts, okay? So second miracle, okay? And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart, which I'm sure freaked him out, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? So Jesus is saying, okay, you don't think I'm the miracle maker. You don't think I'm Jesus. You don't think I'm the son of God. What's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? In other words, I can say your sins are forgiven and there's no real proof of that right now, right? But if I say get up and walk, then maybe I'm the real deal. So look at this. Verse 24, but, what I, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So look, I want you to know I'm the real thing. All right, I could just say your sins are forgiven, but so that you know I'm really God and I'm really here to save and rescue people, look at this. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. And so third miracle, the miracle maker heals this man. The miracle maker, Jesus, does something in this man that no one his whole life could do. Make him walk. And so we've seen three things. We've seen forgiveness of sins, and we've seen Jesus reading these guys' minds, and then we've seen Jesus healing. And I guess my, my question for you guys, I just want you to think about for a few minutes. My question for me, too, is this. What if they had let the resistance stop them? What if when they approached the house and they saw the great crowd, what if they said, oh well? What if they turned around and went home? What if they took the journey and the no and things getting worse and said, this isn't gonna happen? And they just gave up. You see, I think guys, and you're young, I I, I like talking to you guys because here's the deal. As you get older, at least I've seen it anyway, it seems like people because of the length of a journey and because of sometimes the nose and because sometimes things seem to get worse. People, as they get older, they tend to expect less of God. And I love the idea that you guys are young and that you guys have passion and you guys have, I think, hunger in you to see God, to to have him show up in your life and to do the impossible. And so I love the fact that these guys didn't let the resistance wear them down. And look at verse 26. It says, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we've seen remarkable things today. All because these five guys decided, let's not let the resistance keep us from the miracle maker. And that's exactly what I want you guys to take away from this message tonight. Don't let resistance keep you from the miracle maker. Don't let it hold you back. There are guys, just listen, I'm just telling you the truth. There are times God's gonna say no. That doesn't mean stop asking. There are times you're on a long journey and you just feel exhausted and you just feel like you're done. Don't let that keep you from him. God's doing something on the journey. I was just talking with a friend this week that was saying, man, I've been in a really tough place, but I see God at work in the journey. I'm not where I wanna be. God's at work in this journey and this process. Oh, he's always working for our best. He's always working for our good. He's not always gonna do what we want. He's gonna do what's best. He's not always going to do what we want. He's going to do what's better. And so I encourage you guys, if you're on that journey and you're exhausted and you're feeling resistance or the, the nose of the past, the times you prayed and God didn't come through like you wanted or 
when things seemed to get worse. I mean, for these guys, right when it seemed to get the worst is when God was about to move and answer their prayer, wasn't it? And so I just encourage you guys, don't let resistance keep you from the miracle maker. Keep on going. Maybe there are some roofs in your guys' lives you need to tear off to get to the miracle maker. What are the things? What are the things that are in your way? What are the things that have kept you? What are the things that are holding you back? I know we can all look back. I mean, I lost my mom about a year and a half ago. We prayed like crazy for her. I mean, she was a strong Christian. I mean, there was like literally thousands of people praying for this woman and she passed away. And you know what? For me, that's a roof I gotta kind of tear through and go, no, I'm still gonna get to Jesus. I don't get that. I still don't understand it, but that's something I gotta just tear through. It's just something that could, could keep, uh, keep me back and hold me back from taking a step toward God and trusting he still heals. But I'm gonna tear through that and trust. And so I don't know where you guys are. I don't know what roofs you gotta tear through, what disappointments in your past. Maybe you prayed a marriage would be saved and it wasn't. All right, it doesn't mean God's not still a miracle maker. And you may not get it, why he, 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 he let it happen or things went that way. And there's lots of answers. And we can do a whole series on sometimes why God allows certain things to happen. But sometimes we gotta just tear through that roof. And some of you guys, it seems like things have gone from bad to worse. And here, here they are, here they are. Things got bad to worse and now it's time to tear through that roof and get to him and, and watch him move in their lives. I just wanna tell you guys a couple of stories because uh, the truth is I know that some of you guys here are thinking like, oh, come on. I mean, does God really do this stuff? I mean, this book was written 2,000 years ago. Does, that, does God really still do this kind of stuff? And thankfully, I could tell you yes. And like I said earlier, that though there are times there are disappointments and there are times God doesn't come through exactly the way you wanted, he always does what's best and he always knows better than you and I. I was talking with a friend this week as well who was saying, man, I just see God's over everything. He so clearly is over everything I go through. And so we can trust them. But I want you to know that doesn't mean that there's not a whole half of a stage full of yeses for you in your life if you'll seek God, if you'll look to him. Don't let the no's keep you from the yeses. I'll just tell you a few examples. Remember the first time that I really saw God show up? I was about 19 and I was just helping out a youth group. And one night a middle school girl came to like a pool party we were having and everyone's having fun. And she was just like not herself. And she finally told us that her mom was um, told that she was gonna die without surgery, emergency surgery. And that if she had the surgery, there's still 70% chance that she would die. That's a, you know, 30% chance of survival for this woman, even with the surgery. And so we just kind of prayed. We didn't know what to say. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to believe. We just prayed. Very simple prayer sitting on a driveway. And as we prayed, we hoped God would show up. We didn't know. And it was so awesome to hear back from this middle school girl that her mom was actually getting better. And it turned out that not only did she not need the surgery, but she continued to get better. And every single thing that they had said was wrong was now right. And everything that threatened her life was just gone. I never forget, that was like the first like big one I saw, the first big thing, and God came through in an amazing and powerful way. Now, if that only happened once in my life, or if that's the only story I ever heard in my life, I'd still be skeptical, but I'm telling you, I've just seen God do so much. I'm um, gonna give you two more examples, just, and then we'll close. But um, a couple of years ago, there was a young woman that was coming to our church, and she was sitting in a community group, and um, some of her friends knew that she had this issue in her heart, her physical heart, where um, most of us, when we stand up, our brain tells our heart to start beating faster. And 
this girl, when she stood up, her brain told her heart to actually slow down and told the opposite. And so she would often pass out and she lived on medication for years and years and years. She tried to go off it in the past and she would black out. And uh, so it was not a good scenario for her. So um, she was sitting in her community group and her buddies started to just pray for her and just say, hey, let's just pray for this woman that she would get healed. And so they prayed for her and the next day or week she went off the medication and she blacked out, nothing happened. And so she came back the next week and said, I'm still sick, you know, I still... I guess I need this. And, and they said, no, let's pray again. Look at that. There's, there's some resistance. I'll tell you what, when you pray for someone, they don't get healed. That stinks. That, that's really hard. It kind of takes whatever faith you had and squashes it. But her friends kind of tore through some roofs and they prayed and they believed that God could do it. And so they prayed again that week. And the next week she came back and she said, well, I stopped taking my medication, which by the way, I don't recommend just stopping taking medication. Okay. Like right on the spot like that. All right. But she stopped and felt like God was leading her that way. And when she did that, um, for weeks, she began to just more and more feel normal and more and more feel okay and like God had done something. And so she actually went back to the doctor and she was retested and all the things that used to make her pass out and not work, the doctor watched as just test after test, she was completely fine. And I just checked with one of her best friends about a week ago and said, hey, is Rachel still okay? Like everything with her heart and everything good? And she said, yeah, she's absolutely fine. And that was years later. And so again, God just showing up. And I'll just tell you guys one more. Um, years ago, we were having a service here and um, Pastor Pavone was leading the service and we were doing communion. And I'll never forget, I was up on the stage and I used to play the guitar back in that time and like, I knew like one chord. And so I was playing the guitar and um, I just remember Pastor, while we were doing communion saying, and look guys, we've all seen this go bad on like YouTube and you know, public access TV and stuff like that. You know? But I'm telling you, this was legit. Um, he just said, hey, I just feel like somebody in the room is, has terrible pain in their jaw right here. And I just believe that God wants to do something in your life today. And that was it. He didn't like go like traipsing through the church to find her and pray over or anything like that. It was just like that. And that was it. We ended the service. Everybody went home, didn't think of anything of it. And then about six weeks later, this woman came up to us and said, you know, when we did communion a bunch of weeks ago, um, I just want to let you know that you said that someone had terrible pain right here. And she said, I've had TMJ, which is a condition in your jaw, for years. And I was just about to schedule surgery because I'm living on painkillers. I go to work, I come home, I take painkillers, and I go to sleep. That's it. I can't even like survive, basically. I go to work, I go to bed, I go to work, go to bed, and I just come home and medicate myself and fall asleep because of the pain. She could hardly chew. And she said, I just want you to know that that morning when you said that, I just asked God to touch me. I just asked him to heal my jaw. She said, I waited six weeks to make sure it was real. And he actually did it. But I just want to let you know that six weeks is, the, is done, and I'm, I'm healed, and I'm okay. And to my knowledge, I mean, I knew the woman for several years after that and knew that she was healed. And to this day, I've not heard otherwise. And so I tell you, I, and I could kind of go on and on all night and you guys put, put you guys to sleep. But um, I just wanted you to know that there's times God says no, but he always knows best. Always, 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 always knows better. I mean, the Bible says that we see like through this dim glass like like you ever tried to look through you know a glass not that's clear but you know it's been they find it on the beach and it's all messed up by the water and the you know the 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 wind and it's just all cloudy and I mean that's like what we see through and God just sees clearly and so we look at the same circumstance God looks at and he's seeing clearly and he goes I'm doing good I'm I'm here to do you good I'm here to glorify my name and show people who I am but for your good and sometimes it's a yes, and sometimes it's a no, but I'll tell you, don't let the resistance, don't let the no's, don't let you, the journey, don't let when it seems like things get worse keep you 
from the miracle maker. Because you have all these yeses that God wants to give you. Would you guys pray with me? God, we're just grateful to you tonight, Lord, and just thank you that you do great things. And um, we don't always understand the times you say no. We don't certainly deserve the times you say yes, God. But I thank you, God, that for those of us in this room that have a relationship with you, the first and greatest miracle from that story is true of us, and that is that our sins have been forgiven. So God, whether we go through the rest of our lives struggling in a certain way or another, God, the most important thing is true of us. We belong to you. We're loved by you. We're forgiven. And God, I just thank you that you love every person in this room, God, and that you care about the things they're going through and you care about the hurts. And and God, I just thank you that the situations in their lives they don't understand from the past, the times you've said no, that God, maybe they still don't get it. Like I still don't quite get what happened with my mom, but I just thank you, God, that you are good and that you love the people in this room, God, and you're for them tonight, God. And that you want to continue to work for their good. So the first way I just want to ask you guys to respond tonight is if you've been angry at God about a circumstance, if the resistance has wore you down and, and you've you just given up, would you just ask God to just forgive you for that and also just to breathe, breathe hope and faith back into your heart? That he give you what you need to tear through the roof and, and get to the miracle maker. And if you're a follower of Jesus and, and you don't have that issue in your heart tonight or if you just work through it, I would encourage you just now, begin to bring to him some things that, that you, need, you need God to show up for. Begin to bring him. I mean, I know maybe you prayed a thousand times that God would heal a relationship or he'd provide for your family or he'd heal someone you love or you maybe even. That he'd deliver you out of a sin struggle or that he'd give you hope or that he would break depression off your life or give you great friendships. It's time to just push through all those roofs and get back to him and bring those requests again with expectation and with hope. And you can know this, you can know this. He's gonna do what's best. He's gonna do what's best. He's gonna say no when it's best for him, for your good to say no. And he's gonna say yes when it's best for him and you to say yes. If you're not a follower of Jesus tonight, as the Christians just kind of spend some time praying with and looking to God. I just want to give you the opportunity to look to Jesus. Um, like I said, the, the most important thing God could do for you is save you and forgive you of sin. And so I would encourage you tonight, if you want to know the Savior and you want to have one that loves you unconditionally and accepts you where, right where you are, then I encourage you to pray a prayer quietly in your heart to God. Something like this. Jesus, be my Savior. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for wanting me. Thank you for dying in my place. And I just put my faith in you tonight. I just ask you to be the miracle maker in my life. First of all, by saving me from my sin. God, would you just show me how real you are and would you let me walk closely with you? Thank you for this gift of salvation in your name. Amen.